And it's time for the 7th Avenue Project. I'm your host, Robert Polly. One of the things I like to do on this show, as uh, I'm sure many of you listeners have figured out by now, is share my enthusiasm for new and distinctive works of art and their creators. And uh, today I have something I think is really worth sharing. It's the music of the Real Vocal String Quartet out of Berkeley, California. It consists of four multi-talented women who play and sing, and right there the singing sets them apart from the typical string quartet. And on top of that, they combine strong classical backgrounds with all kinds of other influences, jazz, folk, pop, international music, and a flair for improvisation, which all comes together to create a sound that is truly their own. It's lyrical, it's propulsive, it's delicate, it's strong, it swings, it's contemplative, it's a lot of other things as well, as you'll hear today. I'm going to start today's show with an interview I did with the group's founder and violinist Irene Caesar and violist Dina Maccabee. We talked about their work and listened to some songs from the quartet's first CD, which came out last year. And then uh, a little later on, Irene and Dina were joined by the two other members of the quartet, violinist Alyssa Rose and cellist Jessica Ivry, for a special mini-concert of some new, unreleased material, which they performed in their Berkeley studio. I was lucky enough to be there and record it, and we'll hear that in the second part of the show. Do stay tuned. Well, first things first, the interview portion of the show. And to get things rolling, I'm going to play a piece from the Real Vocal String Quartet CD. It's called Guitarra, and it's composed by Irene Caesar. Irene and Dina, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. And we just heard a little bit of a song called Guitarra, composed by you, Irene. Yeah. Also, you on lead vocals. Yeah, in that particular song. When um, people ask you to define your sound, what words do you come up with? We had to come up with five words. You remember I what think those it was were? Four. String is usually in there somewhere. <laughs> Vocal. Vocal. Um, although, does that narrow it? stylistically not very much we we toy with ideas about global or world which is not so much to say that we're um 
purists of any uh, ethnic tradition, but more that we're um, pluralistic <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that we enjoy being influenced by things that are very far afield, either stylistically or geographically. Mm. So there's that. And, and then um, we've, we've toyed with some ways of conveying a spirit, whether I think joyful has come up or innovative or new or um, experimental, you, you, that's taken. We're not allowed to use that because um, we, we play tonal music, so we're not allowed to say it's experimental. But we feel like we're experimenting. We I don't think. always play tonally, though. See, that's, it's really hard to define Oh, us. man. I know. I know. Once again, proving that <clears throat> talking about music is like dancing about art. Dancing yeah, about really, art. it really is. But that's one of the things... Um, that's so amazingly fun about this band is that because we are all players, singers, improvisers, composers, and arrangers, um, the sky's the limit. So for instance, in guitar, the group is acting as a band and there's a lead vocal. In fact, that particular piece I recorded with a band, with a very traditional band first, with two electric guitars and electric bass and drums and some violin thrown in on an earlier CD of songs that I did. Then to hear it realized with the string players as a band is a, it, I love it actually. It's, it's intimate, but it can still rock and it, it, it's fun to play with all those rhythms. Um, sometimes we use our voices texturally. So thinking that we have four string instruments and we have four voices, so kind of an octet. Plus we can play double stops and play two strings at the same time. So we can get really big, wide sounds, mm-hmm. and then we can come down to one player playing. There's uh, there's so many elements that we can play with. Mm. I interviewed uh, David Harrington of the Kronos Quartet pretty recently and, and asked him, you know, all these years, all this music, for instance, 700 pieces written for them. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. And yet all oh on the gosh. string quartet, never deviating from that. Yeah. And I said, you know, why bring all the world's music into this one kind of ensemble? He said, who could ask for anything more than a string quartet? It's got everything you could ever want, at least in his mind. Here, here, and amen. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even sing, right? <laughs> I imagine they vocalize every once in a while, but they don't sing like you guys do. Speaking of which, I'd like to play a piece that you compose, Dina, and on which you sing lead. Great. Farewell to Spring. Okay.
That was you, Dina, um, singing on your own composition, getting pretty botanical there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Want to talk about that composition? Um, sure. Well, um, it did start out botanically. I used to have a poster, actually, of um, some native California wildflowers. I'm sure you can picture it. That's a white poster with um, lovely drawings of flowers. But I actually grew up in the East Bay in the Mount Diablo foothills near Mount Diablo, kind of running around. And I had a thing for wildflowers and native species. So I kind of worked backwards from the inspiration of that, that image of the poster with the flowers and the, the names of the flowers. A lot of them are very evocative, like farewell to spring seemed mm. like much more than a flower. So um, I kind of wove those together and, and chose some of the, the names of flowers that I thought had, um, might have other meanings to them. And it's become for me a, a song about just remembering that outdoor feeling of Northern California. You know, I, I was trying to think of good words for your music and um, painterly hmm. is something I came up with. That's nice. I like that. Mm -hmm, I do too. Often when I feel that I'm playing really well, especially with certain techniques that have some sustain to them, I really do have that sense that my bow is a paintbrush. Mm. It comes through. It really does. That's um, pretty great. Your voices go so well together. Thank you. I mean, one of the things that is, is clear in the music is that there's just this incredible compatibility as musicians. Well, I find it really interesting because we're all very different people, too. But I'm excited about where we overlap, you know. And, and there's a lot of freedom of about what we bring into the group. And um, it's really interesting that they can come from many, many different influences. If you turn it around, though, we fit together wonderfully. But if you tried to think... Who else could Irene have called to put this group together? There's not that many people with the interest set or the skill set or the the je ne sais quoi that would that would I think draw them to it. So in, it's not as though there's a big sea of string players who who want to be putting themselves out there as as singers or mm. vice versa. You know, so in some ways it's like we've found ways to overlap based on our on our mutual interest in the group um, and, and absolutely influenced each other. I mean, Alyssa has introduced me to lots of music and Irene and Jess all have. And so, you know, and then we start to like each other's music and get into it. And mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely evolving. You all have really broad backgrounds, judging from the write-up I read on your website. Mm -hmm. Irene, the, the list of people you've played with includes... Ali Akbar Khan, Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Charles, Natalie Cole, Frank Sinatra? See, some of those were um, where I was simply hired as a string player. Um, now, I grew up in L.A., and my father, for most of his career, was a studio musician. And my brother is a violinist in L.A. who's a studio musician. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he was just on the Toy Story film score. And, yes, I just did ah. a session with Stevie Wonder. And, you know, there was a certain normality of that But you were a, a sort of session string musician. But I was a session string musician. Uh -huh. I played lots of concerts. But the Ali Akbar Khan record, that was different. So there are certain projects in my life. I, I actually got to work with him for two months, twice a week. And then we went into the studio together. And that was, I mean, it was... 
it was so thrilling that I got to play even in a string section with Ella Fitzgerald. That was with another symphony, the Baltimore Symphony for a Pops concert in the mm -hmm, summer. Mm -hmm. You know, thrill of a lifetime. But um, to be able to work with all the Akbar Khan for two months and then do a whole bunch of sessions, that, that was really um, exciting project. How about Bjork? Was that just a studio session? Or? That was a concert at the Paramount in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most memorable dates I've ever played, along with Ella and Frank Sinatra. Um, she, I just was in the pit, you know, playing the string parts to her oh. stuff and, and realizing that she was even more of a genius than I, I, I knew. <laughs> she was one of the most electrifying and competent performers I've ever seen. <laughs> I think it's an, an important point, though, especially reflecting back on you mentioned that the four of us have things in common. I think one of the things we relate most about is this feeling that sometimes when you're on a gig like that, you're so excited and, and it's a wonderful professional reward to be near someone like that, an idol and, mm -hmm. and experience yeah, their, their, their presence. But I think I can speak for all four of us in saying that when you're on a job like that, you don't always feel like you're bringing your whole self as a, you're there in, in your in your professional sense as a string player and you're bringing all of your skills to bear but you're not interacting with the person as an artist and you're you're absolutely interchangeable with any other person with your skill set right. anytime That's you're in right. a string section you're you're simply interchangeable and i know all four of us a huge part of this group is feeling like being a string player and bringing your whole self in a way that's not interchangeable. Yeah, I see in your sort of resume here, Dina, that you've played with an equally broad range of musicians, famous people like Donovan, Sufjan Stevens, Tin Hat Trio. Um, you play with uh, Beth Custer's group, which uh, puts um, scores to silent films mm -hmm. and lots of other projects. So the question I was going to ask, and I think you, you just began to answer it, is where does amidst all that background, amidst all that session playing and, 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 and being backing musicians, does the real vocal string quartet fit into your life? It's the antidote <laughs> <laughs> to being a, se a section <laughs> string player, isn't it? Yes, it's the antidote. I wouldn't have thought of that. I was, I was thinking it's front and center. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's, it's really a culmination of um, getting as many skill sets as I can. And I, I hopefully will continue, you know, into my hundreds or I don't know. Um, but I, I think that after I graduated from music school and realized how interested I was in this and that and, and just soaking musical traditions and, and all kinds of music up like a sponge, I had hoped someday that there would be music that would be my music, that would be um, a synthesis of things. And I feel like for me, this, this group is, is a vehicle to embody that and mm. explore that. And then to find other people who are on the same track. It's, it's a great place to be. Mm. Let's uh, play another piece. And this one doesn't have vocals on it. It's a piece by you again, Irene. It's called Wide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's expansive. So when I was thinking of a title, because the title did not come first with this one, it was definitely the music. And it just, the music itself seems wide and stretchy. Mm -hmm. 
That was an excerpt from a composition called Wide by Irene Caesar, who's also playing violin on that piece, along with Dina Maccabee on viola and two other members of the Rio Vocal String Quartet. Um, I want to ask so many questions about your, your compositions, but let's just start with, there's such an emotional quality to that. The theme is so, I don't know, it's poignant, it's moving, uh, it suggests all kinds of images. And the piece comes back to it several times, but it really travels a lot, you know, sure does, yeah. from place to place and from texture to texture. Uh, does that just begin with a sound, just a melody in your mind? It, or? it really does. Yeah. yeah. I think I write from the ether. I just, I write very intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm grateful that I do because when I first started composing, I, I felt that I had to justify or think through things and I've I've gotten rid of a lot of those voices and um yeah it is it's an emotional experience writing for me. I think a lot of times in my life I've written when I've been in a very emotional place and it's some place that I turn to and this piece is one of those. Did it come out of a particular moment or experience that you can remember? Well, I do remember that I had had my two kids who were now 10 and 12 and they were babies and I I had to um, put my creative life on, on hold for a while. And that was one of the the pieces that was the beginning of this body of work that is recorded in the CD, um, where it really came from a sense of desperation to get back to being a creative artist. You know, it's, it's such a different role to be a parent. And I had two kids, one right after the other, and it was incredibly wonderful. Um, but I, I lost my way a little bit as an artist. And then when I just had to find that again, it it was pouring out of me and it it felt very important. Uh, You know, I think what you just said really corresponds to the feelings I get when I listen to it. It's really good to hear that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, when I hear it, I, in wide and a few other things that I, I wrote around the same time, I hear a melding of, um, influences from my classical life and jazz kind of some jazz harmonies and then in that particular piece some really open almost fiddle sounds Mm -hmm. or like copeland i'm not to say that i'm writing anywhere to the level of of the amazing aaron copeland but um but just some of those open space kind of pure chords with fourths and fifths and then it does lead to a really fiddly section in the middle of that piece Let's hear a little of that.
You know, I should say we, we've just heard a couple of excerpts, and the, the piece in its entirety is only four minutes, roughly. Mm. But it is wide. It really does cover some territory. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you have compositions by various members of the group on this CD. And uh, is there a typical process? Do you tend to develop your pieces in isolation and then bring them to the, the quartet where they develop further? That sounds about right. I mean, we're all um, literate uh, and have, I think, um, pretty strong ideas, even initially, about what role each instrument or each person in the group is going to play in in a piece. So um, we do tend to bring fairly full-fledged um, ideas to begin with, you know, a, certainly a chart for each person or pretty specific I would say arrangements. Um, mm. However, once they come in and turn into real live animals um, <laughs> in this room that we're in, everyone certainly has their way with their own part and, and everyone's full of suggestions and, and ideas like, oh, what if I drop the this cello part down an octave? It's going gonna, it's gonna to really, you know, make it slamming right there. Or, you know, what if I take my part off, up an octave? And I may not know for example, on cello, the best octave to put it in. So, so that's really helpful just in a technical way. Um, or, you know, Irene or Alyssa might hear some counter melody that I didn't think of. I mean, in a sense, it's, it's a real luxury, like a composer yeah. who's not in a co- composing collaborative group. They don't get to hear their stuff that often necessarily. Certainly not at so many different phases of its development, yeah. not so early in its development. Yeah. Uh, or it gets so many iterations. So, and it, you know, it continues even after we start to perform something, we're always tweaking it based on, on everyone's ideas. So that's really nice. And there's also a flip side to this group too, because we are improvisers. Um, on every concert, we, we, completely improvise there's there are a couple of pieces there's one called now one and now two on on our cd actually that are um completely improvised Hmm. and we love that too well um i i can't resist then playing a little bit of which one would you like now one or now two i don't know let's just go for now one let's go for (laughs) now one all improvisation yes okay
the real vocal string quartet jamming there on a piece called Now One. So we, we have the pizzicato background, and you guys are great pizzicatists, if I can say so. Um, We've got to put that in our description <laughs> of yes, the band. Yes, thank you. No, it's true. I mean, Pick, I believe it's pizzicatists. Okay. <laughs> Don't get too picky here. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, and then and then who's who's on violin that comes in initially? Then? I don't know. That's Irene. Okay. Oh, is oh, it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, it's so, hard to tell sometimes so. with our improvisations because we blend in. But okay, I'm, if you say so. I think so. That's it probably is. You guys have been together since uh, when? Well, probably for about five years as the band that we are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and your first CD just came out this past year in it 2010. Did. It took a while. What took you so long? Oh, <laughs> do you really want to know? <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, t- it took time to develop the material, and, and it took us time to find Alyssa. Um, we were playing with another wonderful violinist, Kate Stenberg, who plays with the Del Sol String Quartet, um, and she was very busy with that, and she really helped us start the group. Um, and then we found Alyssa, who's just this dynamite, bluegrass player, improviser, composer, arranger. We're going to play some of her stuff in in studio today, actually, some of the things she's brought to the group. Um, I also got sick. Mm. I I had a bout of, um, who knew, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh. So we went into fantasy, started recording our our, uh, basic tracks, and I had to take a year off. Wow, I bet. <laughs> and it took yeah. a while to come back. So, so, um, yeah, that was really challenging. But we did it with the sort of unflagging support of our, of our producer and engineer, Bruce Kappen, um, who helped us over those years mm-hmm. put the pieces together. Absolutely. Thank you, Bruce. You know, uh, the really famous string quartets, the classical string quartets, um, the Garneri string quartet or the Juilliard string quartet, you know, you name it. They tend to be um, groups of musicians who stay together for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. like like families, I guess. It's funny. There are some stories. I think, ooh, I don't want to be wrong about this, but I think it might have been the Budapest string quartet. My father used to tell me they hated each other. I was wondering that. So they that would happened. play, yeah. but they would all stay at different hotels. Mm. And they wouldn't have anything to do with each other except when they were playing music. They, they had a fiery sound, and maybe it was the hatred. Maybe it helped them, you know, play certain kinds of music. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the way we want to do it. Uh, but you guys uh, feel like family at this point? Yourselves? Or? Oh, it's a loaded question, I no, guess. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 in fact, I, I use that when people ask me about about this group, you know, it it absolutely feels like family, just in uh, like on every level. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, we just came off a road trip in a minivan, so um, that just adds to the little yeah. special family. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's fun to be in a group of women though, because I have only toured in the past with with men as the only woman, and so I have to say it's kind of fun to. Uh, travel with other crafty lady i don't know <laughs> strike that <laughs> what we're not strike crafty that. ladies we, we are crafty ladies we are crafty ladies but just it's fun it's it's like sisters to some extent perhaps more and more 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know. I never had any sisters, so I wouldn't really know. But we do like to um, reflect on the fact that each of us is the youngest sibling of our of our own family unit, um, which if you are a youngest sibling or you have a youngest sibling, you know, has a certain set of um, attitudes yeah. <laughs> or behaviors or uh, view of the world, I should say. We so. could have named our band The Youngest. The Youngest, yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would like to give an example of um, your eclecticism and some of the world music, quote unquote, that you mm-hmm. play. We talked about that earlier. This is a piece, and you're going to have to help me uh, pronounce the composer's name. Actually, this is two pieces. I know what you're going to say. Okay. Why don't you tell me? Pichiginha, but it's probably not pronounced exactly like that. Uh, A Brazilian composer. That's right. Uh, And um, these two pieces are called? Fonte Abandonada and Passatempo. Right. And, And are they both choros? The second one, Passatempo, is definitely a choro. And the first one is a waltz. They're so different uh, in this pairing you've got here. So why don't we start by hearing the first part, Fonte Abandonada. Yeah, it starts with Alyssa's passionate violin sound. So that was part one, Fonte Abandonada, by Pijinguina. The class? American accepted pronunciation is Pijinguina. Pijinguina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to go into part two, which is Passatempo. And this one is, I guess, the musical form, the popular form called Choro. Right. And, and this sounds like a pretty lively dance mm-hmm. number. Yeah. 
So, so there you go. There's a pair of pieces, both from Brazil, just represents a little bit of your range. There's another piece by the uh, Kenyan musician Ayubagata on this album, mm-hmm. a well-known piece. Yeah. However, um, listening to these, it's, it's not like you guys are just jumping around the globe sampling pieces. You, you really make them your own. We make them our own. And, yeah. and we don't choose pieces lightly. We choose pieces that mean something to us. Hmm. And, and that I think we hear as having potential through the filter of the string quartet sound. Yeah. And voices, as it were. One thing I know comes into play for me a lot when I'm thinking about um, pieces that I might bring to this group is just the sort of whole issue of percussion. Um, you know, obviously lots of quote-unquote world music and dance music from, from a lot of different places um, has percussion as a, as a strong part of it. And we do percuss on our instruments, but on the other hand, there's a feeling of wanting to be um, independent of that or, or um, having a, a rhythmic pulse within the string quartet that's um, self-generating and not imposed by, by drums. Um, so that's often a tricky part of choosing. It makes pop really hard because so mm-hmm. much of pop is really um, drum track driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also on the other side, really, really fun to explore what kind of rhythmic engines we can create um, with our bows. I think the Pishiginia is a really good example of mm-hmm. that. Being your own percussionist. You're right. Yeah, very much. It's, it's, one of the really interesting things about the group, it's also really challenging. I mean, we have to be on our toes in this group in such an intense way because we are the rhythmic engine and all parts. Yeah, draw, it definitely draws on all your musical cylinders at once. And I think um, as a string player in a section of an orchestra, we've talked about this before in the group, it's easy to um, give over your sense of pulse to someone else the conductor or your section leader and you're not really in charge um, of the pulse of the ensemble whereas in this ensemble each of us is sort of in charge of the pulse all the time and that's a very very Mm -hmm. different role to play musically um, and like Irene's but on the other hand we're still covering also the melody and the expressiveness and and um and the, and the shape and the harmony and and um and the the color like you were saying the painting of the with the bow and um so doing all those things together is as she said a, a big challenge yeah and then sometimes when you record you can um live it up so we do add some percussion in some of our our pieces on this record mm-hmm. we had guitar on um a song that i wrote called darling and we had percussion on Kothbiro. Koth Bureau is the Ayubagata piece. Mm-hmm. But we keep referring to it. We should at least play a little bit and remind people who've probably heard Ayubagata's version um, what it sounds like. I hope they have. In the it's hands so of this string quartet, the real vocal string quartet.
So the name of that piece, again, is Koth Bureau by Ayubagata. Which one of you brought that to the group? Did you collectively, like, uh, light on that one? That or? was something I brought. You know, I will say, too, that this first CD, CD that we made came from um, some ideas that I had, and then I found Jessica, and we were a duo. And then um, Dina wrote some some music and Jess... Um, but the next CD that we make that is, is coming more and more into focus, we have lots of music already and, and more to be written, and hopefully we'll get into the studio fairly soon, um, is going to be fully collaborative. There's going to be uh, much more uh, music from all of us. The track that you played that I, that I wrote was also on a previous record with a band of mine called Ramon and Jessica. So that one's sort of a cover. It's a cover of myself, but a cover nonetheless. So. Mm. I kind of begged Dina to please, <laughs> please bring that song. <laughs> now, in the piece we just heard, Koth Bureau, um, in the original version, uh, the one I'm familiar with uh, by Ayo Bagata, he's playing a traditional East African instrument. He's plucking it. You guys mm-hmm. are doing pizzicato again, mm-hmm. but you managed to make it sound like that instrument. <laughs> um, I believe it's called Anayatiti, although that in, that information comes from the internet and not from personal experience. So um, we um, wanted to imitate some some African instruments that have buzzy sounds um, from from little resonating items that are added to them. So we figured out that if you put a paper clip um, attached to the strings of a violin or viola or cello behind the bridge, so between the bridge and the tailpiece it will rattle against the bridge and against the top of the instrument in a really um, in a really fuzzy and wonderful way. So we do that on that song. Well, um, I'd like to end this part of our interview, that is the part where we play recorded pieces from your CD, with a piece that I've come to think of, um, for my own reasons, as an ending piece. I've used it at the end of my show once or twice and gotten calls from listeners asking, who is that? So... This interview is a way of answering that question. Bring up the curtain. <laughs> the piece is a chorale. Mm-hmm. And it fortunately has examples of your instrumentals and your vocals. Yeah, sure does. And this is another composition of yours, Irene. Yeah. Where did this one come from? This one started at the piano. And it's similar to Wide in that it just was sonorities that came out. And um, to me... It combines classical and jazz sensibilities, really close cluster chords um, that I just I just knew as I was putting my fingers on those keys that it, it, it would sound so beautiful with strings. And then to add the vocals, it's that's all. Well, let's go out on that. And, and let me say just thanks a lot, Irene Sazer and Dina McAbee. Thank you. Thank you. Of the Real Vocal String Quartet. Our pleasure. Yeah.
And that was a composition called Chorale by the Real Vocal String Quartet from their CD entitled The Real Vocal String Quartet. This is the 7th Avenue Project, and I'm Robert Polly. I've been speaking to Irene Sazer and Dina Maccabee of the quartet. And don't go away because coming up immediately, an impromptu recital by all four members of the group recorded in their Berkeley studio. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and take it away. So I am Irene Sazer, and I'm playing violin and singing. I'm Alyssa Rose, and I'm playing violin and singing. I'm Dina Maccabee. I'm playing viola and singing. I'm Jessica Ivry. I play cello and will be singing. We're going to play a song called Machine that's by Regina Spector, who's a great um, pianist and singer-songwriter, and um, Alyssa arranged it, Alyssa Rose arranged it for Real Vocal, and she came up with a lot of really cool, funny sounds to make using our bows against our instruments, Um, and then we each added some of our own cool sounds, like the helicopter and the um, the old bow across the tailpiece number. Call it the foghorn. Call the foghorn, yeah. And uh, we enjoy doing that. I am part of the 
Rose also um, actually originated this tune called Elephant Dreams. She wrote it and arranged it for us as an instrumental tune for quartet.
tune um, written by Duke Pearson, a really great jazz pianist and composer. It's called Sweet Honeybee. One, two, a one, two, three, four.
next tune called Durang's Hornpipe Traditional, arranged by Dina McNamee for Real Vocal String Quartet.
so much. And thanks again to the Real Vocal String Quartet, Irene Sazer, Dina Maccabee, Jessica Ivry, and Alyssa Rose. And you can learn more about them at their website, rvsq.com. And you can learn more about this show at our website, seventhavenueproject.com. This has been the Seventh Avenue Project. I'm Robert Polly. I will be back next week.